Hello, I'm Emma Rice, the Artistic Director of Wise Children. Welcome to our second podcast. When I decided to create this company, Wise Children, I knew there had to be something extra special about it. The company was born out of such personal and professional upset that it just had to matter. And it had to be more than just a touring company. Now, I was 50 this year, and it's brilliant being 50. It's right smack in the middle. It's when you say that your life matters, that this is it, and that your decisions need to make a difference. So, with that sense of power and fury and excitement in mind, I decided that whatever work we created for the theatre, we needed to pass on our knowledge and to create enable and support the next generation of theatre makers. Now there's also a really practical reason for doing this. It's sometimes really hard to find the actors that work in the way that I want to work. Some of the actors I've been working with for the last few years are the best in the business. And because of this brilliance, they're in great demand. They're getting TV work, film work and other great theatre work. So how can I attract and retain people with the devising skills, the physical skills and the musical skills that this work demands? Now, one of the ways to do this is to create a pool from which I can draw people that don't have to work with me every time but can come in and out of the company. Training these people is a really great way to do this and to invigorate the company. So we started the School for Wise Children. I'm recording this podcast in July 2018 and we've just finished our first course. Now I decided not to start with an actor's course and concentrate on performing, but instead to create a course about music. So our first course was called Music for Ensemble Theatre. Music is laced through all my work. Musicians sometimes act, actors sometimes play instruments. Most of my work is scored all the way through, almost like a film might be. I think music carries emotion in a universal way that words never can. And certainly if you put visuals with music, you're beginning to work in a really powerful form. So, for six days spread over two weeks, Wise Children composer Ian Ross and sound designer Simon Baker, along with myself and executive producer Poppy Keeling, set up camp at the Arnolfini in Bristol. We had 12 students and oh my goodness, it was better, more exciting, more exhilarating, more illuminating than I could ever have imagined. You know, you have these, um, you have these big ideas about what you're going to do and then suddenly there comes a moment when you actually have to do them and you think, oh my goodness, have I actually got anything to teach? Can I teach? What can I teach about? And how? In fact, getting this group of talented young people into the room with my collaborators and actually thinking through what we do, thinking about how to explain it and exploring it with this group of people was fascinating. And it was also really moving because we found ourselves talking about our processes and our passions and the way we make work in a way that we never would normally. Normally, we're just making the work. We're smashing through it in rehearsals and getting on with it, getting to first night, getting through previews. We thrill and excite each other, but ultimately we're getting on with our jobs and not really thinking about how we do it. The School for Wise Children has changed all of that. Here's Ian Ross to explain a little more. To be a musician with with wise children and the way that Emma works, 
It's important, I think, to have a good foundation of technical ability. You've got to have done your practice so you can come into, your, into the room and be able to execute ideas quickly. Um, you have to be able to learn a tune without music. You have to learn it by ear. Um, and you have to be patient that you're not necessarily going to be playing the same thing over and over again. You might suddenly have to half the tempo. You might have to suddenly put it in a different key. You might have to just suddenly throw it all away after weeks work. I'd say that's not being patient, that's being flexible. Flexible, okay, yeah, flexible. And patient. But then I think patient too, yeah. <laughs> From experience, I think, yeah. I think there's, because a musician will repeat something to make it better, and then when it's better, it's a, it's a banker. That sort of <laughs> and then I come along and pull it to pieces. And pull it to pieces, yeah. Or cut it all together, which is actually a, a great lesson, I think, for a musician as well, is that nothing is, nothing is set in stone. That you can that you can you can just quickly move on with ideas and and, and, and let them go. And what about storytelling? Because I think uh, the musicians in my shows are real storytellers. Yeah, well, there's the obvious thing, which is if somebody's speaking shush, which is, which is really obvious, but you, it's surprising how not obvious it is to lots of people who, you know, are very experienced in playing music for theatre, off sheets, in pits. Um, and you know that just that very basic thing. If somebody's speaking shush, and that's not just volume, that's you know expressing ideas or bubbling up through it in 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 whatever way. It's actually really important to to know when to play and when not to. I often talk about um, thinking that the the speaking, the text, is like another line of music. So you don't want to have a big fat bit of music underneath it. You want to thin it out. Exactly. So, is that one way of saying shush? Definitely, definitely that. Thinner, thinner is, is the way. And, and that, I think, is in all sorts of ways. Harmonically, it's important to be thin. So it's not too dense. There's not loads of harmony. There's not too many complexities under text. Because you can be very simple and, and, and guide the emotion or guide the narrative by being more simple. You just mentioned pits and music and mm. paper. Talk about that. Ooh. Um, I've never done it. I've, no, I've never sat in front of a theatre show with, with a script and a score um, and, and a conductor. So it's, it seems like a very alien thing to me. The idea that people, like a band of musicians playing along to theatre are in another room looking at monitors um, just seems unimaginable to me by the way I've learnt my craft, I suppose, which is very specifically in response to, to, to yours, you know. Um, but pits, I don't know. I don't know what to say. What I, about music, though? Because I've never seen music in one of my shows. No. I say that sheet music is what I mean. Well, then that's, I guess, a, just an absolute reflection of the stories you choose to tell. And they are always, in essence, folk stories, I'd say, mm -hmm. you know, sort of, uh, what's the word, like, at their core, their sort of, their concentrated form is always a sort of simple tale. Um, and that's what, the, and the music always reflects that Stu Barker's music is folk music, whether whether he's writing a jazz tune or, or an, an actual, you know, Macedonian pipe tune, it's a, it's a, it's a folk tune and it's got repeatable form that that you can you can learn by ear. In fact, you have to learn by ear. So, do 
write it down and then learn it, or do you never have written down music in the wise children process? I, I will sometimes write things down. I think if I know people like Patty, for instance, I know that if I can. Patty is Patricia Kuliavska. Yeah, amazing sort of concert standard violinist in a day. But you know, if I write something down for her, it's going to be it's it's so quick, it's so in her sort of mechanism to know how to respond that and then as soon as she's seen it she knows it and she's off and and uh, equally she can learn things by ear as well but it is a useful tool when you know that the musicians you're dealing with but if i can get away with not doing it yeah definitely pointless people always pointless people always ask us actors how do they learn their lines so i'm gonna ask you the same thing how do musicians learn a whole show um well if it's a show that i'm doing it's because it's very, very simple. Every single component is made up of very simple things. You know, if you take one tune, there's always an A and a B and a C. Um, and you can put that in whatever key you need to, but it's always essentially that. And within that, the the chord changes or the melodies are always going to be the same in um, context with themselves. Does that make sense? So yeah, essentially very simple ideas, but lots of them. I say that's how, that's how I learn things: is break everything down to little, little segments, and then that also enables you to be more complex, actually, because you've got more colour, and the more colour you've got, the more expressive you can be. But it's just it's just primary colour rather than sort of complex shades, you know. And I do know, I know exactly what you're talking about, and also you're linking it to the story. So I watch the musicians emotionally respond to the work in the same way that actors are, which is they know what they're playing because they know what bit of the story they're in. Exactly. And it's working on a, I would call it on a soul level, that there's a soul music about what you do. Definitely. And then what's surprising and just super interesting to me is then how you take those responses, people's responses, and... And, and form it and direct it in the direction where you want it to go which is surprising to me sometimes I'm like oh right well I was feeling that completely wrong and then you have an, you have a whole other perspective of something that you've you've created you know very interesting tell us about the course on day one I wanted to get a very high energy start to the process I wanted everybody to feel like Actually, from the from the the my early days with knee high, running the first thing of the day, going for a run, getting the breath going, and how that if 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 you start the day with that sort of energy, it's really easy to to sort of slip into a generous creative process because you're not you're not thinking about your body or anything because you're 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 freer. So I just wanted to get that going. Everybody to to know each other's name very quickly to be singing together very quickly to, to break down any feelings of nervousness which I had and I knew that they would have as well and that the ability in the room was very varied so yeah it's just important to get get those ideas flowing quickly and that's and that's what you can do from a group situation with singing is see exactly how it is that people um, respond to ideas but also how they sing their confidence with singing their ability as well so did you make everybody sing even if they weren't singers everybody yeah yeah 
because because from that you can you can gauge characters so perfectly and know how to respond to to their needs you know yeah so then we did that big vocal warm-up loads of physical stuff lots of breath um lots of silliness games rounds um and rounds are great because because you can it's such a perfect example of simple ideas that as long as you keep firm with their simplicity you can layer them and make complex musical ideas so it's it's just a great lesson immediately um and then after that we just we just got creating so we learned all those a couple of different rounds um sung them around a few times varied the way that we were singing them and then put them on instruments immediately so they'd um the, the idea of learning things by ear was then uh, presented as well so they could put it into their fingers onto their instruments and we just did the same thing as you would lead around with a, with a group of people we led it with instruments instead so you're working really fast and really practically yeah exactly just how i like it yes and simply at the end of the first weekend i set all the students some homework i chose one of my favorite children's book which is a really simple alphabet book and gave each student two letters of the alphabet and Ian asked them to write a simple eight-bar moment to go along with that visual image and the, the tiny amount of text there was. So we had a really simple idea and asked them to create a very simple bit of music. Here's Ian again. Um, it was a great framework for explaining further what, what I was trying to push home, which is the, the beauty of simplicity in, in this way of working. Because, um, well, Alphabet 26 small themes um, so I sent everybody away to really come back with a, a very distilled idea for each one I was trying to encourage everybody just to take that and come back with a key or a rhythm or a four bar phrase or a little tune something just so that perfectly distilled told that story the second weekend I thought we'd bring in some guests so I invited in Daisy Maywood and Mark Antolin who just finished touring my knee-high production of The Flying Lovers of Vitebsk. I wanted to demonstrate to the students up close and personal how actors work with musicians and how the integration of text and movement and sound really works in the flesh. I listened to Simon Baker talk about how he tunes a sound system really methodically and in such detail to create the most acoustically friendly experience for the audience and also how he breaks down the use of sound effects to get a location or uh, a sense memory of something from the past. So inspired by Daisy and Mark, um, we listened to the students' homework. And by that point, we could really sense that a company was beginning to form, friendships, um, musical compliance. It was really a buzzy room by that point. And we decided that the following week, the final week, we were going to perform the whole of the alphabet, 26 bits of music, to an invited group of people. These students were about to get a crash course in theatre making. We invited Tristan Sturrock, my long-term friend and accomplice, to come and work with us. And he created a one-person show based around the alphabet and this children's book and all the work that the musicians had done. 
Ian, myself, Simon, Tristan worked exactly like we would if we were creating a piece for wise children. We uh, we responded instinctively to the ideas, we pulled them and pushed them into different shapes, and we created a show. On the Sunday, we rehearsed it, we teched it, we ran it, and then we performed it. My name is Sam. I'm an actor, musician. The reason why I really wanted to come on the course was partly because the enormity of my admiration for Emma's work in the past that I've had the pleasure of watching uh, and also the fact that I'm really keen to do uh, more music and learn more about the way that music fits into the way that theatre works. many, many things away from the course. The power of simplicity and more confidence in myself. Um, a room uh, that is full of people who are enabling each other to take risks, I think. Um, um, it's had loads of fun. I don't think I've ever been quite as proud. It really felt like this was a completely shiny new beginning. And not only for the people that had come on the course, but for us. It felt like we were a community and that we said together that this matters, that what we do matters. And it's good, it's thrilling, it's unique, and we're going to share it. And we found a way to share it. It was a really special event.